Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Change Room with Rod and Leslie. As you know, in this podcast, every single week, we like to take big, giant, juicy, meaty topics and break them down into tiny little bite-sized chunks, all in an effort to help ourselves and hopefully some of you through the process of change. We are obsessed with change. We love it. We talk about it in our personal lives, in our professional lives. And this is really a special week to talk about change. Uh, This marks the very first week that we ever had in Canada, a national day for truth and reconciliation. So we have a super special and honored guest coming back to join us again, our good friend, Paul Haig. You probably listened to his first episode with us, um, but we really wanted to invite Paul to come back and just talk to us a little bit about his experiences, his thoughts uh, around change and this first day. So Rod, my friend, what do you want to add into the mix? Yeah, I'm really excited and grateful that Paul is able to join us. I, uh, it, I think it is such an interesting thing. So this is the, like, the professional side of me getting interested in observing how much has changed in, in myself, but in our society and the conversations I think people are genuinely having uh, around the truth of our past and our present uh, with indigenous peoples in Canada and everywhere, but, you know, within, in Canada. And so, um, Paul, as, just as a quick reminder for our listeners, I know Paul through a board that we are on, uh, together, Metro Toronto Movement for Literacy. Paul, you are at, um, uh, Council Fire, which is in Toronto, is an organization that you, you work with. And so in the literacy field, um, and, Welcome to our, our this week's episode uh, of our podcast. Thank you for being with us. And so, Paul, how are you? How was it this week for you? Yeah, hello, everyone. Thank you for the uh, invitation to return. Um, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned in the first uh, episode, but I do have uh, Métis ancestry, uh, English and Irish. I do uh, work at Toronto Council Fire Native Cultural Center in the Education Department, uh, dealing specifically with uh, LBS, Literacy and Basic Skills, trying to develop curriculum for majority, but not uh, essentially um, Native learners, but there's also, it's for the community at whole. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, it's been an interesting week. It's been a very busy week for, for us all, um, as Leslie was Referencing, it was the first official national, nationally recognized uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day. So there were lots of numerous activities across the country um, and in the city as well. Various, uh, you know, ceremonies, dance, drumming sessions, um, information sessions, just uh, feasting. Um, just basic celebration and, and, and not well, there were some, you know, uh, sadder moments too, and just acknowledging and recognizing what the day represents and the history that it encompasses. Um, and I've been just looking at a bit of the, the coverings or followings or, or what has been shown on, on some of our, our, our mass media. I know CBC is, is trying to do, um, uh, their work and they had some interesting documentaries and series involving uh, dealing with the survivors, talking about survivors, talking about some of the conditions, both on radio and television. So 
anyone that would be interested, um, they have some some really good programming actually with regard to uh, to the history and, and 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 talking. I just heard something this morning on CBC Radio, an hour long interview with uh, a number of um, of survivors and, and what they dealt with that they focused on, which I had to smile at it a couple of times because it was an actual rebellion. At, and it was 1961, I believe, in the uh, residential school in, just outside of Edmonton that, that the kids were so um, disgusted and, and annoyed and frustrated at virtually having no food or being, you know, having horrendous conditions as far as what they were eating and how they were being treated. And they noticed that, of course, all of the instructors and, you know, the head the headmasters, they all were all fine dining and Ron Booths every other day. So one woman, I think her name was Marie, she led the rebellion <laughs> and it escalated to the point that all of the, the teachers and the, you know, the headmasters and the priests had to lock themselves in a room because they were so afraid of their well-being. Yeah. Um, but all the kids were really interested in was making, right, making a statement and also they, got, they raided the kitchen pantry, mm. took all the food out and, and spread it amongst amongst their uh, their fellow classmates. Um, so if, I, I thought that would make a great film someday, the, the rebellion yeah. at a residential school by you know a bunch of kids aged from five to twelve or thirteen. So, um, so yeah, there's 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 a lot. There has been a lot. Um, there's a lot of really good positive things that are happening. It's all part of a healing process of dealing with the past, you know, learning mm -hmm. the truth. It is about truth and reconciliation. And before we get anywhere near reconciling, I think we have to deal with some of the hard, cold truths. And I think that's mm -hmm. something that more and more I I'm hearing or receiving questions from non-Indigenous people that are sincerely interested in, in, in understanding and learning and knowing more about you know, the history of this country. Um, and I really am a big believer in the importance of developing alliances. Um, I think we're stronger together, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and actually that was one of the things that came out from that little documentary this morning, but just the, the, the indication of how much, you know, we're stronger as a group as opposed to individually. Um, and I think that applies to, Indigenous, combining Indigenous and non-Indigenous people together for the same, moving towards the same cause. We all need, you know, we all need uh, respect. We all need, you know, justice. We need to be um, taken care of and, and supported. And I think we can do that collectively more efficiently and more productively and successfully as a group, as opposed to individuals. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree with you. I, I agree with you, Paul. I, I, it's so, I remember the last time you were here, you encouraged Rod and I to read the 94 um, recommendations. I, can't, uh, I don't think that's the right word. Calls to action, right? Calls to action. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, the 94 calls to action. And we did. And we talked about it a little bit last week. And one of the things that really struck me when I looked at it was how it just felt like it would it was calling for fundamental human rights it just felt like it was calling for fundamentals of society of just kindness and compassion and how we can just treat one another better as human beings um and and it felt so foundational that we had the fact that we had to call it out as a call to action was was striking to me 
Mm-hmm. Um, that it wouldn't just be an of course. And, and I, I think that's, again, my own ignorance that I'm happy to talk about because it's there. But the fact that we have to have calls to action that are so foundational to your point that are so healing for everybody, if we do it together, is um, it's still it's still sharp in my brain. You know what I mean? When I say that, like it just, it's, it's, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that. Yeah. I think obviously the, the operative word is action. And um, I've heard the term, I don't know what the origins of it, you know, truth and reconciliation, the word reconciliation has become part of the the common lexicon the last couple of years or so, but it, it, I think what more accurately it should be reconciliation. I think you know we have to start oh, wow. putting we have mm-hmm. to start putting our words into action. Um, theories and philosophies are great, but um, when people in our community still don't have drinking water, you know, mm-hmm. are living in horrific conditions, surrounded by mold, uh, aren't getting funded properly for basic education. I mean, it's time to kick some. Mm-hmm. You know, it's time to kick into action. I mean, Trudeau. Yes has spent a lot of well politicians in general they, they play pay lip service but when the rubber hits the road mm-hmm. rarely rarely is, is a follow-through so i mean i think that i don't know if i mentioned the last time there is a um there's an index or there's a, there's a, a page on one of cbc they're, they're actually following the of the 94 recommendations how many have actually been completed how many have been worked on and how many yeah we were looking at that yeah. oh no sorry we were looking at the government version of that so i'm not sure if that would be the same version that it yeah. was like a government self-report of where yeah where i think cbc tries to keep up to date but the last time i checked it's probably been a couple of few months ago but um, there weren't many that have been completed out of the, oh, uh, no. out of the 94 yeah. so. There had been a few more that had been referenced or, you know, they've been acknowledged as, as being important or there might have been first steps or preliminary mm-hmm. steps and that they're, yeah. they were being assessed. But as far as actually movement, so just mm-hmm. not to, not to, to uh, spend too much time on this, but it is important. I just would have you go back when you, at your leisure to look at uh, 82 because it's something that we're involved with, particularly um, mm-hmm. Toronto Council Fire. Uh, it's called the IRSS Legacy, the Indian Residential School Survivors Legacy. It's a, a multi-million dollar project that's scheduled to uh, um, resurrect in, I think it's going to be 2023. Basically, what we're doing is creating a monument and a, and a spiritual garden that's going to be right beside Nathan Phillips Square. So we'll have you know mm-hmm. teaching opportunities. We'll have our medicines there. We'll have various workshops going on. But... The base, the call basically is to acknowledge um, each province to acknowledge the, uh, the survivors um, by constructing some kind of a monument uh, to honor mm-hmm. survivors and all the children yeah. who've lost their families. So there's a, that's a big project, and I, and I highly recommend you check it out. As far as the the web page, is an amazing mm-hmm. video that shows um, what what the site will eventually look like. And uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be quite uh, transformative, I believe. Great. That was 82. Yeah. And then go to yeah. IRS. Look, also search IRSS legacy, which is a um, web page in and of itself has various yeah. new information. I think we are planning to have a two day event at Nathan Phillips square in November 
Um, I, off the top of my head, I want to say the fourth and fifth, or it could be the third and fourth, but a two-day yeah. event. We've had a couple already. I think our first one was in 2019 or 2018 prior to COVID, where we uh, put out 21 TPs in Nathan Phillips Square and had a three-day event. Yeah. So. Okay, well, yeah, I'll put that link into the, uh, the show notes for, for the podcast. Yeah, for you know, sure. The, there's another call to action. I, I, I don't know the number, but this was one of the ones that Leslie and I were looking at. And I, it just, to me, it demonstrates how much uh, change has occurred from, let's say, the, the, the broader population's awareness. And maybe there were tipping points to that, particularly so that the call to action is related to uh, missing children. And I think it specifically says, and burial sites, like the call to action actually refers to, mm. uh, for, to this. So this summer when there was um, the, the unmarked graves, the sites where the archeologists identified, there were hundreds of uh, uh, bodies of children from residential schools in these unmarked graves. Mm -hmm. It was experienced as a shock to the broader society as in like, that wow, this has been discovered. Yeah. Yeah the right uh, but there it was in the the report and 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 i do remember hearing people talk about saying like this was always known this was not like it's not like people didn't know that this was there they just didn't have perhaps an ultrasound uh uh proof that that something you know whatever how many was counted right. but so the, i mean to to me that is an indication of such a shift in awareness um, and, and I guess perhaps readiness to act on it. And, and maybe I'll tie this as well. I heard like the most action on these calls to action has occurred in the last two or three months. And the, the radio thing that I'd heard was basically attributing it to the, the attention drawn from the find, you know, finding the unmarked graves. So it, it, it took something like that to get, uh, finally get energy and action into uh, things like the, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. So do, do you have, uh, what, what would be your perspective on that? You, would you share that or would you have even a different perspective on it? Yeah, I know I tend to agree. I mean, I've noticed a, a difference um, or as far as numbers of people, um, you know, and Indigenous people just calling me in the office, right, and just inquiring, actually school boards. I've had some calls from different school boards uh, asking if there are people available that could come out and give information sessions just on um, traditional teachings and, and our, you know, more insight into our culture and our history. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there are more non-Indigenous people now that have been triggered by the, the, the news, you know, on, on the mass media. But as far as within our own communities, that's always been something that particularly people that have you know the survivors themselves that have gone to mm. school they, they knew that, that that was just a matter of time before mm. that if and if it ever was to become public um, and I just recently heard too that apparently there's been money that's been like some significant money that has been um, focused or, or put towards that and I think that you know the calls those calls to action are I don't know 70 mm. to 74 were calling upon the government to, to work with uh, various organizations and to uh, and mm -hmm. chief coroners to provide uh, 
you know, information. They're doing, they're bringing in some heavy duties, you know, like radars or is it radar mm -hmm. sensitivity, sensitivities, quite using drones. And mm -hmm. so I think, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, there's going to be more discoveries for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but it has brought an awareness or a, maybe it's, I don't know, it's sensationalized some things or people mm -hmm. find that that's just, that's appalling or how does that happen? And this part of the world right how does this ha happen in you know canada i mean that's kind of the thing you read about or think about in other parts you know developing parts of the world but uh, mm -hmm. yeah it's a reality man i mean the more you dig into it the more you hear about some of the conditions and what actually went on in those places it's mm -hmm. uh, it's it's mind-boggling and it's and it's explains why men you know what a lot of our community is uh having the difficulties they are now it's you know intergenerational it, it, we, yeah, we yeah. think in, in terms of seven generations so you know go back seven generations or actually go ahead for seven more so you're talking 14 generations there if you've taken 20 years so times you know it's, mm. it's a few hundred years right there um, but as I say it, I, I think there's some really a lot of good stuff going on there's, there's, mm -hmm. there's some uh even you know within our own community, people are becoming more educated. I really do believe it is about education. It is about you know digging down on on the truth, not necessarily mm -hmm. the the history that's been written by the victors, but the actual events, mm -hmm. what has ha actually happened. Mm -hmm. So and it, it takes time too, and it takes a lot of bravery from people, and you know prepared to stand up as you know lone lone voices in the wilderness kind of thing mm -hmm. subjective to criticism or abuse because of some of their positions mm -hmm. but definitely i believe I, I really do i tend to get skeptical and cynical sometimes but i really do believe that there are some very good things happening um i'm a big believer in, in the power of the arts i think that there's some, i think that if significant or real change is going to occur and if the non-Indigenous or the settler community is, is going to be impacted, that it's probably going to come because of the arts, whether it's movies, whether it's music, whether it's theater, whether it's mm -hmm. writing. I mean, there's a lot of really, really interesting, really, really good stuff going on right now in mm -hmm. various arts. So it, it's mm -hmm. happening. It really is happening. There is a renaissance. Yeah. I got to tell you, I would, I, I would want to see a movie I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like, you know, you see these movies that reenact past situations. I want to see one that like has the big names in Canadian like history politicians who are debating and discussing why that this seemed to be a good idea back in the 18th, whatever, in the 1930s. Like, and, and, that's, and you're right. Like when you see that on the screen, it's a way for people to, I think you do have to see it to then, believe it was possible that that people that maybe we revered before actually had some pretty uh i don't even know what the word is like the Reference. conversations that that ignored basic human rights basic human yeah you're, you're getting into yeah. some you know you're getting into deep waters now though, rod i mean now we have to look at the uh the systematic structures of, of, of our societies and you know you go back to m you know we talk about colonization and empire building yeah. And what's that based upon? What is the premise of that? I mean, what drives mm -hmm. that? It's all about, you know, 
greed and extraction of resources and exploitation and oppression. Um, and that's not only happened in this country, that's happened around the world for hundreds of years and it continues to happen. Yeah. So what is that all about? You know, what, 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 are, what is the paradigm, the economic social paradigm that that is built upon? And I think that's what we have to start looking at. Um, just recently heard someone speak about this regarding if significant change is going to happen, we really do have to start reassessing our, uh, our economic paradigm and structure. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. I hesitate to use the C word, but we really do have to analyze and look at where that has gotten to. You What's know, the C first. word? Well, it's capital. Constitution? No, oh. capitalism. Okay. Um, so, you know, we have to look at, uh, we have to look, re reassess that. Yeah, um, and I agree with well, you. Leslie, I agree yeah. with you, Paul. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think, you know, I think of capitalism, but I also think of the patriarchy, which I think does nobody any right. good. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it does. It's, it's not good for anybody. Right. And until we're willing. Well, wait a minute. To, excuse me. Excuse me. It's good for a, a small, oh, small yeah. minority. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Those, those dudes at the top of the pyramid, they're yeah. loving it and they don't want to change. So, yeah. 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 But I hear yeah. you for sure. I totally agree. Yeah. I think it's, you know, for me, it's, it's, um, it's both of those things. And I, and I think they go hand in hand. I, sometimes I think they're synonyms. I obviously know that they're not, but they just, they just seem to, uh, they just seem to go so hand in hand with one another. I want to come back to the arts for a second, because I just mm -hmm. am so, um, I believe very strongly in the healing power of art and music in particular for me. I mean, you know, I, I play the cello, I love music and I've experienced it as a um, experience, the power of music to heal. And I think there are some really amazing resources, podcasts, things you can listen to now that sort of get us grounded in all of this incredible indigenous art, music, theory, language, stories. And I just my heart bursts when I, when I listen to that stuff, I don't know if you have recommendations, Paul, or um, if you can take us a little bit down further down that path of the magic and the power of art and, um, how it brings about such healing. I would love to hear your perspective on that if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm a big proponent of the arts myself. I spent, uh, you know, close to 20 years working in the film industry and, uh, mm. And it is, although I, you know, I went in very naively thinking that the talented artistic ones would, would surface, but I found out that it was the film business. And uh, mm -hmm. anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if either of you have been past our building in the last month or so, but there's been an amazing, the whole Eastern wall, there is a mural that was put up by mm. a very renowned artist called, I believe it was Phil Cote. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's mind boggling people. I mean, there's can't, mm. I can't number or name the number of times I've looked out the window and seen people just stopping on the streets to take photographs, mm. but. And that's I mean, on parliament at Dundas? Is it on yeah, the parliament it, it, side? It used to be the big blue building at, at parliament Dundas, but now it's going to be, yeah. I'm sure it's going to be acknowledged as the building with the, the, the amazing artwork on the, uh, on the on the Eastern wall. And I hear through the grapevine that uh, possibly there's going to be more work done on the northern wall so we'll have both walls that are exposed to the, the traffic or public will be have mm. artists or artistic creations on there 
Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, another area that I was always and still have or still am interested, although COVID has kind of put a halt to that, but I used to take um, our learners over to the uh, Native Earth uh, Performing Arts, which is just in the new, um, one of the newer buildings in the Region Park redevelopment. Um, it was live theater. So they would bring in a number of performances. They had various, uh, I think it was the Whiskey, Whiskey Jack um, annual, it's not a competition, I guess it's more of a, a showcase where they had artists from literally coast to coast to coast throughout Canada coming in to present their works. And there were you know, theater, theatrical pieces or, or dramas. There was also dance performances, um, music, singing, dancing. It was quite amazing. It's quite, quite moving. I found that it affected many of our learners. It inspired many of our learners. It connected many of our learners to their previously neglected, um, you know, history of culture. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on now with, um, with, with movie making and filmmaking. There's some, you know, indigenous, younger indigenous filmmakers that are starting to get recognized. And of course, mm -hmm. literature has been around for a few decades and someone that I'm always a big fan of. And I actually had the pleasure of studying with her and, you know, know, know her on, on a personal level and had workshops with her is Lee Miracle. Uh, we're still at the, at the University of Toronto, mm -hmm. but Lee is a fascinating character. She's Salish from the West Coast, but what an amazing woman as far as her background and her experience. And she, I think too, at one time was working in the literacy field, working with people, I think that had gone through the, uh, the justice system or working with people that had just come out of jail and trying to make transition, just dealing with basic literacy. Um, you know, in music, it's hard to keep up. It's something I remember four or five years ago when I used to go out to Six Nation on a, on a regular basis, asking people out there at that time if they could offer me suggestions, you know, like what's, mm. what's the latest, what's happening with music. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it's crazy. I can't, you can't keep up, but um, mm -hmm. it's readily available. I mean, just do any search anywhere yeah. as far as, you know, Indigenous art, Indigenous theatre, Indigenous films, Indigenous uh, books. I mean, mm -hmm. Thomas King is another favourite of mine. He's an amazing writer, I believe. He, I want to say Navajo. I know he's an originally American, Cherokee. I think he's Cherokee and he originally uh, was in America, came up to Canada and has been teaching for a number of years at uh, the University of Guelph. And I actually had the privilege of, of um, going one evening to see both he and Lee Miracle being honored. Uh, one night they had a, a special um, gala event. And it was fantastic. It was just amazing to have them talking because Thomas King is, you know, essentially kind of a shy, withdrawn person, but just full of wit and humor and sarcasm and just uh, so, so knowledgeable. Um, so I highly recommend looking into some of his writings, some of his books, and as well, Lee Miracle from, from a female perspective. But I think one of her, her, her groundbreaking books that she wrote back in the 80s, I want to say, is I Am Woman, where she took a stand mm. not only as a as a uh, as an indigenous woman but also as you know as a, as a feminist woman or as an independent strong woman so so there's a lot I mean I could go on I could list a whole name of people that I've had the pleasure of working with and, and meeting at the university or even over at Boise 
Um, there's some fantastic people that I've, I've been privileged to, to, to hear or see. Um, it's, yeah, it's ongoing. There's a number of really good people. If you want, I could put a list together, we, you know, just for people are always asking yeah. that too, as far as reading lists or films or um, yeah. even art. I mean, Kent Monkman is somebody that you have to look into <laughs> as far as his artwork. It's just, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's transform, it's transformative. Yeah. Can you say, let's do a I've list. been writing like all this. these ones down. Okay, good, I've got these I'm ones like covered. Looking for the pen and I can't. You no, know, <laughs> I've got these ones covered because I'm so, uh, I'm so excited. I'm so, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of people in the settler community are feeling this way right now, just a sense of um, excitement in learning more, in reading more, in understanding more, because I think um, that's to me again is where real change can happen. Is yeah. we have to ignore, obviously acknowledge all the sorrows and heartbreak of the past, but I, I you know, I believe in hope and and these kinds of stories and these authors and all this different art we can expose ourselves to. For me, just gives me a sense of hope. Yeah, that's where I see true alliances being built. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had experience too with working with the Toronto Public Library and. And they're doing some really good stuff as far as buying buying materials, you know, buying Indigenous authors, having a wider selection, um, music, films. So yeah, it's happening for sure. And, and even you know, CBC Radio once again, um, the book review. I want her name, Sheila. Somebody I forget her last name, but she's often uh, interviewing um, Indigenous authors. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's happening if you're, if you're attuned to that, um, for sure it's happening and it's being on Jesse Winte is another mm -hmm. person that is kind of high, higher profile. He used mm -hmm. to have a, a weekly show on CBC, but now I think he's, um, transferred over. I think he's still doing some journalism, mm -hmm. but he, he just did another he did movie reviews. That yeah. way, well, that's exactly right. He, and now he's the head, uh, he's the, the co-chair or the chair of the, the, the Indigenous Film Office that, uh, that works out of, uh, I don't know whether it's a provincial or na national office, but uh, yeah, he's, uh, I've always, always had time for, for him listening to what he has to say. He has really some interesting perspectives and insights as to, mm -hmm. You know reconciliation and what's what's really happening and the, and the possibilities of true change so um, definitely worth googling him or trying to track down some of his appearances on on youtube or even mm -hmm. some podcasts for sure mm -hmm. wow so, so yeah. we're getting towards we're getting towards our time where you know as you know paul we like to you know, we usually try to be at around 30 minutes or so in this podcast, figuring hopefully people are listening to us while they're out walking around and uh, going about their their daily lives. Is there anything, anything else you'd like to share with us? Anything, any final words um, from you? Well, no, other than, I mean, you <laughs> touched on it briefly the last time you're asking a similar question. And I think I you know, sort of tongue in cheek, but it's true. It, it's just apply some common sense to the, to the, uh, to the picture um, and, 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 and personalize it. I mean, you know, reach out, make contact with the Indigenous community. There's certainly lots of opportunities. 
um, do your homework. I mean, you know, movies, books, music, there's all kinds of things going on. Uh, I think it's important to also learn about respect, learn about respecting boundaries, you know, and account being accountable. Um, and, uh, you know, show, offer kindness, educate yourself, ask questions. Um, each, you know, true out true alliances um, take time. It's it's developing relationships. Uh, to, you know, it's not something that happens instantly. Um, it's 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 an effort. It's a two way street. It's called you know reciprocity is important. It's giving and taking, right? There's and that works within our community too. We have to reach out, and I've you know noticed sometimes where some people tend to be. And rightly so, I understand the reasons, but try to, you know, or withdraw or avoid any kind of contact with settler or white, white community. But I think it really is important. And to look at the, you know, that we always go back to our, our seven grandfather teachings and the basic, you know, components of that are to, and, you know, this once again, common sense, but I think um, Leslie made reference to it, that the, you know, about humanity, but it's about love, it's about respect, it's about developing sense of humility and honesty, truth, bravery, that leads to wisdom, you know, it leads to uh, understanding the, well, it's a lifetime journey, but to understanding what it really is all about, or you get snippets or insights as to what, what, what this journey or what our journeys are really all about. And I think we have to, uh, we have to uh, think, collectively we have to start thinking globally as well um, so there's a lot there's so many things you know read learn your history look yeah. into the indian act what was that all about how is the indian uh. act still applicable today there's really an interesting and amazing book that was written by an indigenous fellow i think it's 21 things you didn't know or you want to know about the indian act you may not uh. know about the indian act and really how about why know. why isn't it changed why haven't we got rid of it well, there is another podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I mean, it had it yeah. has been modified. It has been changed from the original. I mean, there, initially we weren't allowed to vote, but we got our voting rights. I think it was in 1960. You know, women's rights lost all their their rights if they married non-indigenous men. That's changed with um, some changes, you know, into in, Parliament and that various acts. But um, yeah, learn you know read about the Indian Act. What what is what. What, how it control still controls us. I mean, that's where all you know, the whole idea behind reservation or um, residential schools and reservations is originated. The whole idea of assimilation was constructed around the formation, the creation of the Indian Act. Um, so that's important. Learn, learn about the Royal Proclamation, that, uh, a document that set the guidelines for European settlement in, in Indigenous territories. Back That goes back, I think, to the 18th century, 1763 or something to that effect. Learn about the two-row wampum, you know, the treaty agreements that we made. I think I mentioned the last podcast about polishing the silver covenant chain, what that represents. I mean, that... Leslie, you made reference to the fact, you know, it's about humanity and it's about, you know, being civil to one another. But that's precisely what that covenant was about when we first made agreements with um, settler societies was to 
maintain a, a respectful relationship between us and, and, and the, the, the chain symbolized the relationship, but it had to be polished time to time in order to keep it from tarnishing, right? This was something, an agreement between, we had nation to nation between our nation and the British crown. And that's been something that's, you know, has, has been neglected or forgotten about. Mm -hmm. um, learn about the, the doctrine of discovery, what that entails, why people came here thinking that they had the rights to declare land. They had the Bible in one hand and, you know, their guns in the other. And if anyone was non, you know, non-Christian, then they, they had no rights at all, even though they'd been living on the land for 10, 15, 20,000 years. So, so that, yeah, that's, you know, once again, the history book, of, you know, learn your history, read your history. Um, but also be aware of who's writing that history. Right, um, right. And also, mm -hmm. finally, I, as we time, briefly talked about, you know, the, examining the, 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 the economic, the social, the political structure of our Western society. And, you know, it's really been imbalanced for, for way too long. I mean, there's parts of reconciliation. Is, it's been trying, it, 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 it's attempts to, cry, to create a balance um, within the current injustices within that system. You know, there's a long history of, of trauma, prejudice, um, systemic racism, not only against mm -hmm. indigenous people, but, you know, minorities and, and, and other, other people of different races, other than, you know, the patriarch, white, white supremacist. So mm -hmm. reconciliation is the opportunity to educate and, and encourage each other to do better, to, to look for opportunities. Um, and you, you know, use that framework to, to, to grow and to learn and share and connect and hopefully, you know, strive towards doing, doing what we can to make it, make it a better world for all of us. Mm -hmm. I think my takeaway word from our conversation today, Paul, I so did not mean to cut you off. I'm so sorry. But it's the idea of reconciliation. action. Yeah. I wrote that down as well with action in, in big giant capital uh, letters in my book where I always take notes uh, when, when I'm having conversations like these. And I just think that that's such an important term to add into our world. It's not just reconciliation, it's reconciliation. Yeah, I agree. And I think the other big one for me anyway is education and also yeah. you know developing the, the art or skill of listening. Um, with open hearts, right? And, and to use the wisdom that we gained sort of as a compass to, to, direct, to direct our decisions that we make. Um, and, you know, it's a journey. It's a lifetime journey. And to, to show by example, you know, what have you done today? Or what, what can you do today to, 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 make, to make it better for all of us, right? All of us. So. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us again today, Paul. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. And uh, I hope that uh, we all have takeaways from it. You know, if there's something that we've, we've learned, that's the other thing. We all learn from each other. It's, uh, there's no one person that is the authority with all the answers. It's, it's an interactive, it's developing of dialogues and sharing. So it's important, mm -hmm. true learning. So It sure is. Hey, well, thanks again. I think we'll wrap up our podcast there. I'm going to hit stop on a recording. And uh, thanks. We'll talk. We'll, we'll be back to our listeners in a week with our next episode. Thanks again, Paul. Okay, thanks, my Paul. pleasure. Yeah, take care, guys.